Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. My name's Kelly. My name is Tiffany. And we are talking about home birth affordability today. Touchy subject, let me tell you. Yeah, talking about money gets people a little riled up. Tell people what to do with their money. <laughs> Even more so. Get you real riled up. But Monetize an important family event. Mm-hmm. How dare we? But this is uh, a really important aspect of what we do as midwives what we do as moms also and like the experiences that we've had in assessing our own options and one of the most common topics that we get from consultations instagram dms emails clients of ours it's it's a big deal yeah when our midwifery calendar is open and we're taking clients we keep a page up that talks all about how the money part of home birth and midwifery work because for some reason, unbeknownst to us, we can't really figure it out. Maybe just care providers in general, but midwives especially, just want to like keep it a secret. Yeah, well, I, I have heard other midwives talk of like, well, you don't want that to be the thing that like pushes people away. So get, get them in the door and connected and then they'll be like more willing, I suppose, to be like, I see the, the worthiness of this investment because I feel connected to you. Which I guess there's some, there's, so I can understand that. I think that the way I work as a person is I need to understand before I even use my time. And I would be on the same page as you, which is yeah. probably how we have developed the policy of being straightforward and honest with people about money. <laughs> I um, imagine that. I mean, yep. Yep. We got a lot to say about that. But before we do, that was just a teaser. That was just to let you know that we have questions about yeah. all of this content, too. Before we jump in, there's a listener question. We have had a real increase in listener question submissions, I think because of our Ask Us Anything episode that we did a month or so ago. People were like, oh, you really are going to answer some of these questions? <laughs> yes. And so here's one of them. This lady says, What is your opinion on giving vitamin D drops to breastfed babies? Is it as necessary like many doctors recommend? Ooh, little baby question. People asking us their baby questions. They must think that we interact with this information in our line of work. That's surprising. Okay, so it is a very common practice for pediatricians when you show up to your, you know, day three, week one, whatever appointment for them to ask you if you are supplementing your baby with vitamin D, stating that pretty much all babies are kind of low in that particular vitamin and need supplementation. Yeah, what they'll actually say is, oh, good for you for breastfeeding. That's wonderful. The only thing that breast milk is lacking in that formula is not is vitamin D. So breast milk, the perfect food for your baby. Except in this one area. This one particular 
thing. Your body wasn't smart enough to provide this essential nutrient to your baby. Therefore, we have an external application for you. And I would say that this has become such a thing that the vast majority of moms that we have are questioning it also of like, oh, I got the vitamin D drops for my baby because that's just what I did last time or what the pediatrician said I needed to or what all of my friends said. That's just what you kind of have to do for your baby. Yes. And I will tell you, there's nothing inherently wrong with using the vitamin D drops if it's a good source and organic and stored in, you know, a good oil, et cetera, et cetera. Right. However, I would bet a large amount of money that you are not remembering to administer these drops to your newborn. And compliance in terms of like actually following through with the thing is probably the biggest issue in most things early postpartum, just in general. And we all have to give ourselves a lot of grace for that. But there's been some really great research about how vitamin D can actually go through breast milk in a mother who is eating good sources of vitamin D, potentially supplementing as well. It's 6,400 IU, 6,200, somewhere in there, about the amount that the mom is taking that gets through the breast milk that is a, a great amount for baby to get in terms of what they would get with a supplement. Okay, but is the etiology, is the problem actually that breast milk is just inherently deficient in vitamin D? Well, here's the thing, right? When you think that, oh, this is a common thing, not just in one particular population, but babies in general, then you got to wonder, is it is it actually a problem, right? Is it, what what's the deal here? It's actually very similar to how I think about vitamin K as well with newborns, where babies are low in that. Okay, well, it's not just one particular type of baby, right? Or one particular place. It's babies in general. And so what's the point of that? What's the design of that? What's the meaning of that? Are we jumping the gun, assuming that that is actually wrong? Yeah. Yeah, And like, is the problem necessarily that the breast milk, that breast milk across the board is deficient in vitamin D? Or is it the person who is producing the breast milk deficient in vitamin Mm. D? Yeah, that's my big question mark. Yeah, for sure. Which makes sense why when moms supplement with a substantial amount of vitamin D that that all the things end up kind of as not a wash, but just like they kind of even out. And vitamin D in general is a great thing to be supporting your body with. Yeah, it's essential in extremely vast amount of body systems going on. And most women, even in sunny San Diego... Mm -hmm are deficient beyond functional range. Yeah. So, so we, we just live in a in a society that is not taking in enough vitamin D from food, uh-huh. sun, supplements. Yeah. Etc. So I mean, is it as necessary like many doctors recommend? Kind of a hard question to answer necessarily, but you have options. And now you have some information. Make a decision for yourself. Yeah. Don't make us do that for you. (laughs) And that concludes questions from listeners who then end up feeling poorly that they asked us a question. Go decide yourself. Figure it out yourself. (laughs) I'm not your decision maker. (laughs) Always the best for you ladies. Yep. Okay. So Kelly, how much money, if you feel like sharing, (laughs) 
How much money did you spend on your education? Or how much money was spent on your education? So at the end of the day, actually, I enjoyed, not maybe not enjoy because it's a kind of as a dagger in the heart. I altogether took on $68,000 worth of student loans through undergrad and graduate. I have my master's in graduate school that my husband and I worked really hard to pay off early on because we didn't want that looming. But then I went on to midwifery school and spent $5,000 on that. <laughs> I guess I did. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm sure I, it was all for some purpose. Of course. And it was all, you know, how it was supposed to be, yada, yada, yada. I did not plan well. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> Second question. Do you know how much your wedding cost? It feels a little ridiculous. I don't know the, I don't know the final number. Give me an estimate. Probably between like twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, just given how much what I know about what like my dress cost and whatever. I have two brothers and my dad always said, like growing he was like, I'll save money for your wedding. <laughs> to you. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah, a yeah. good man. Yeah. Yeah. I But I didn't really feel like I had I mean we budgeted in some ways. I remember loving this flower lady who was like twelve thousand dollars. My dad was like, Oh, I'm glad you like her. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I I was in a situation where my, my wedding was paid for, like, by my parents. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So was mine, thankfully. You end up accruing a lot of personal costs with all the little things that go along with your wedding. But 100%. mine was about $20,000. And this was 12 years ago. Yeah, mine is coming up on 15. So, so there's just no possible way that that is still what it costs to have 100 people come watch you get married. Nope. Okay. The last car that you purchased, mm -hmm. this may not be quite fair because your husband is the absolute best car <laughs> purchaser ever. He is. He's he prides himself in figuring out deals and finding the best thing in the best price range. OK, but what did you guys pay for the last car you bought? Well, the last car we bought was a Nissan Armada, which is generally a pretty expensive car and we got that for 30,000 29 maybe on wonderful with like very low miles and but substantial amount of money yes <laughs> yeah okay the last big vacation you took where you were like oh our budget's gonna feel this i know it's been a while <laughs> the last i don't remember the last vacation that we didn't take with family that family kind of takes on like our our parents like to treat us to little getaway things okay so that one doesn't fit Wait, Wait, this one what about you oh you don't even <laughs> want to know how much i spent on vacations this past year you've gotten quite a once we got off call then all of a sudden tiff was mia from the country i planned <laughs> so many trips that we don't ever want to go on vacation again we have a vacation coming up in June, and my husband and i are both like oh my gosh <laughs> why do we have to go on another trip it's just so much work going is, on vacation. It is a lot of work. Don't you guys feel sorry for me? That's sad. Aww. Okay. This one's great. This is my favorite. If you feel like sharing, the amount of money you put down on your new house. <laughs> we put like 95000 on our house. And a lot of that was family yes contributions from yes like, uh, we, my husband and my husband inherited a chunk of money 
we had invested money that we took out that kind of stuff yeah most people don't get to put ninety five thousand dollars down on their we house. wouldn't have done that yes if we did the situation okay but i will say when we bought our house five years ago we put the least amount down that we possibly could yeah and it was seventeen thousand dollars yeah and we were like money well spent 100%. We liquidated all of our retirement accounts and just shoved it all in this little dream called home ownership, home. mortgage payments. Home, yeah, dream. Okay, so we have we have multiple multiple thousands of dollars that we are willing to spend on some of these yeah, worthy financial investments. Mm-hmm. Does birth get to fall into that category? In my personal life yes it does but i feel like in the majority of people's understanding the things that you mentioned vacations weddings education cars that gets priority a hundred percent over birth nobody questions the amount of money really that you allocate to those types of things not at all not everybody gets to participate in those types of financial investments of course That is just not going to be what we're able to talk about today. We're going to talk about the way that people use their money and how birth tends to be one where people have already decided they are not willing to have a financial sacrifice for it to be as important as some of the other financial investments in their life. Yes. Oh, I threw a $40,000 wedding. And everybody's like, the, of course, that's how much a wedding costs. Oh, I spent $5,000 to have my baby at home, or that's what it costs. People are like, wow, what? That's just out of control. But it would have been free with insurance. And then they're like, that's the, okay, well, great. Would you have liked your wedding to have been controlled by somebody else and you don't get to make any of those decisions on like what colors or flowers or wedding dress you wear or whatever? Like, okay, cool. You could have a wedding for free. That somebody else plans it's not your actual wedding. Nobody would ever agree to that. No. Here's a free car, but it's not the color that you want or the body style or it doesn't really have enough seats for your family. And it has a ton of miles on it. And there's a couple things that need to be fixed on it. But here's your free car. And it might make you cry. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so cost is one of the greatest barriers to midwifery care. Uh And not because I think that the majority of people cannot figure out how to pay for it. It's because the majority of people who consider it a barrier is because they're not willing to sacrifice financially for it. Yeah. And that may like make people feel like, oh, that actually that really hurts. But reassessing the value of the care, the experience, the connection, the lifelong like you will remember this that it it's a worthy investment yeah a worthy thing to reassess in your brain of importance of how you spend your money when we had our third we had to we had to redo the way we were living life in order to pay for our midwife and there was not a question in my mind that that was going to be a worthy endeavor Here are 10 strategies for making home birth more affordable. Great. Number one, plan ahead. Ah, imagine that. Nobody ever does this. Nobody ever plans ahead and starts saving before they get pregnant. Yeah, and we get a lot of women who are like, 
oh yeah, I know I want to have a home birth. I'm not pregnant yet. I'm like, but that's just like what I want to do. That's one of the things, you know, like, yeah, you get healthy, all of like, whatever, balance your hormones, but also tuck a little money away each month so that when you are in that space, then all it is, is just a joy, right? All that is, is a joy to give it away. Give it away. Yeah. Here, I'm so excited. I'm paying for the thing that I have wanted. I mean, that's like how I felt when we were spending all of our money, like all of that money on a down payment. We were like, well, one, I guess we did. (laughs) We didn't have to save up for all of it. But also it just felt like a like a, a worthy thing to be like, yeah, this this is a good thing to just give away because it gets us from into this space of something that we have wanted for years and years. And so it's a similar idea of like. This is something that we want. How do we get from here to there? And if home birth is something that you want, whether it's your first baby or your 10th baby, how to get yourself from here to there, that planning piece, it's not even only starting to save, but just creating a roadmap for yourself. Absolutely. Okay. The second strategy is plan ahead Great. and get a medical share. Medical shares are probably, I don't know if they're really like a secret, but they're like one of the best kept secrets in access to medical care out there in particular midwifery our clients have share programs that will cover our care completely including some supplements that we recommend some clients are you know their chiropractic care their massage their pelvic floor therapy is as long as it's medically indicated is free or covered i yeah. guess in their share completely covered you it's something that you need to have in place before you get pregnant. So that's why planning ahead is an important part of that. Yeah. And there are a ton to look at. So if you just Google medical shares, medical share companies or organizations, you can kind of see there's lots of different graphs that compare all of the different ones in the coverage. I don't even know if they call it coverage, but what your cost would be monthly. What's really cool is we used to, we used to be a part of one that we would send our, our monthly share to like the actual person who needed it. So we'd get it something in the mail that was like this month, your 300 bucks or whatever is going to so-and-so in New York who broke his leg, whatever. And then you get to write them encouraging letter and like send them, send them a check. And you're like, I love that I'm sending a person a check. That feels good. It's not just like a corporation, but a hundred percent for maternity care. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I love it as an option for mm-hmm. this season of life, but also there's just so many benefits for, you know, the whole family to, to take part. Number three is ask the midwife that you are considering working with about any discounts. For example, if you pay us early, you get a discount. Uh, a lot of midwives, if you pay them in cash, you get a discount. Yeah. Or, you know, just being able to be open about like, I know some midwives who work on like sliding scales. I know midwives who like have all, you know, there's the whole game that you just, it doesn't hurt to ask. And that's the part of being open about money that needs to be a little more comfortable for the pregnant woman and her family to be like, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily, that that number is a lot, but is there anything, right, that we can do? Yeah, some reasons to not ask for a discount, just as a hot tip for you. Do not ask for a discount if you come into care late because you think that you're going to be less work for your midwife. That is not true. 
Do not ask for care if it's your fifth home birth and you think that you're just going to have the smoothest, easiest birth. So why should you pay your midwife the rate that she charges? That's not a reason for a discount. Do not ask for a discount just because you you just want to try to get your bill reduced. Right. Ask for a discount to be a part of making it more affordable for you. Not at the uh, expense of your care provider. Yes. Yep. And we'll get into the value <laughs> that you receive in exchange mm -hmm. for this very small sum of money. Yep. In a little bit. Okay, number four, ask about payment plans. Yeah, we offer a six-month into postpartum payment plan. And so people can take small bites over a longer period of time. It's a great deal. Yeah, it makes it, it, makes it more affordable. Ask about bartering. Yeah, some midwives are super open to that situation. I knew a midwife who, one of her clients, her husband was a, like a cupboard maker guy. And he came in and like redid the cupboards and her... Thing. And I was like, oh, it's, what a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that can really work out. Yeah. I'm going to need money. There's yeah. some other midwives who it can really work out with. A hundred percent. Number six. I lost track <laughs> of our numbers. Sure. Sacrifice in your monthly budget. Not popular. Not a popular suggestion. No. And I mean, we, my husband and I kind of went all like Dave Ramsey as we were paying off my student loans. And so we understand this a bit more, right? Where you got to pull back in certain spaces. And so do you really need three streaming services? Do you really need to go out to dinner every week out in the restaurant? Do you really need to buy the fanciest of whatever? Yes. I mean, you would be absolutely shocked as i am whenever i evaluate my budget on all the stupid things that we spend our money on without even thinking yep and those little things add up for sure number seven sell things or take odd jobs or gigs that again can also add up in pretty awesome ways and can just go and kind of get funneled into and it's a short season right but that can kind of get funneled into what you need it for absolutely number eight Register for home birth cost instead of baby items for your baby shower. I've been seeing stuff like this more and more, like a doula support fund or a postpartum doula support, that kind of thing. And people want to be a part of that. They do. And I mean, everybody loves to buy the cutesy things, whatever. But you can just say, no, thank you. That's not helpful for us. Right. We, we can have cutesy things later. What we really need is this really practical thing that is going to serve as a beautiful way for our baby to come into the world and for my husband and I to enjoy that process, etc. Yeah. The average person receives $2,000 in registry booty. Wow. Wow. That's half your midwifery <laughs> fee already. Right. What do you need? Some silverette nipple covers <laughs> yep. and a swaddle. Two maybe so that when one's in the laundry, you have another one. Yeah. Some Lip. diapers, your boobs. Diapers. And a midwife. Okay. So yeah. $100 yeah. in baby stuff. <laughs> you can spend $1,900 of the rest of those contributions. That's incredible. Okay. Number nine, health savings accounts. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that that is an option for paying for this kind of care. 
yeah, if your employer or your husband's employer allows you to use a health savings account, we can take those cards as payment. And sometimes if you plan it right, some of our clients have been able to max them out, which essentially just allows you to put your own money aside, but tax free. So before your paycheck gets taxed, you can allocate a certain amount of money to health savings account that doesn't get taxed. And then you can use that for health things. Health things. Health things like baby making, birthing health. Great. Okay. And then lastly, not our favorite, but taking out a loan. Yeah. I mean, there is there are medical loans. There are personal loans. There are 0% credit cards or, you know, whatever. There are There is medical credit available out there. And while I don't love the idea of debt, sometimes, I mean, we've had for sure had clients who've been like, well, this is a worthy reason to go into like into a loan situation, like into some debt for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm making payments on my car. I'm making payments on my house. I'm not making payments on my vacation anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Wait till the next one. (laughs) There's things that we that we do in order to make that happen. And, you know, there's also personal loans from family. I mean, most women don't pay for all or most of their weddings. I would say in our culture, generally, we can get our parents to do that. Yeah. Can we borrow that money from our parents? Can we ask them to pay for part of it? Maybe. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's some there's some areas of humility in this list that just allow you to be a little bit more creative, hopefully give you some permission to just think about the financial part a little bit differently Yeah, as you navigate some of these options. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay, the average hospital birth, we're talking like you come in practically pushing, you don't get any routine medications, you spend the night one night and then you go home the next day, no complications, no requirement for do you want to know how much mine was in that situation? Yes. This, this was in 2010, mind you. Showed up, had my baby 45 minutes later. I spent two nights there, I think just because of the time that he was born. But anyway, $18,000. That's what they charged you for a completely uncomplicated vaginal birth. The Pitocin that I received that they didn't even talk to me about afterwards was like a couple thousand those dollars when i like looked at the breakdown of it i was like that's really fascinating yep the room the just the room charge itself which like i said i ended up there two nights because i think because of the time that i had him which i was like i didn't know at the time and i was like sure yeah i gotta stay another night was substantial just taking up space in the hospital was substantial which makes sense if you're sick and you need that level of surveillance right and medication and equipment, and you need to be in that environment, that makes sense. It costs that much to stay in a hospital. Yeah. Thankfully, we had ridiculous insurance and did not need to actually pay that entire bill. But, like, that's insanity. Not not including all of the care beforehand, right? All of the prenatal care, whatever. No, that's just the birth event itself. Yep. Yeah, it's so nuts. Okay, versus midwifery care, which I think the average, the national average in the U.S. is like around $5,000. Yeah. And we bill globally. So that means everything is included in our care for that amount. Mm-hmm. In our area, it's closer to like six or $7,000. Yeah. 
but that's all your prenatal visits. That's all of your counseling. That's all of your birth, whether it's two hours or two days. It is all six home visits that we do and the six continuing visits that we have in our office. It is all underneath that umbrella. The only thing that costs extra is if you want to have a blow up labor tub, if you need ultrasound that your insurance doesn't cover, if you need blood work that your insurance doesn't cover, etc. That kind of ends up compiling and creating a few hundred thousand dollars extra because it's individual woman to woman. A few hundred. A few hundred dollars (laughs) of extra cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we're talking like four hundred dollars. Yeah, on top of that, not an extra ten thousand. No, right? <laughs> and so, like, it's just not apples to apples. Like, you cannot even compare the one type of experience to another value for value because your dollar goes further in midwifery care to the upteenth degree. There's just absolutely no question where value is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just you can't. And some people, I don't think, realize it until they experience it, like the just stark difference. But yeah, there's no real way to say, well, this is this much and this is this much, but take your pick. You will get a substantially more connected, more amount, like just deeper amount of care with midwifery care. Hands down. Even bad midwives will give you a better Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, truly. Somebody said home birth is like paying for a house, but getting a castle. I like that. I like that, too. And ain't that the truth? Midwifery is a response to what women need, not what they can get. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we look at what can I get for this amount of money? Mm, Yeah, yeah. But midwifery is actually responding to something that is so far above what the standard is. And we see it as a need. We see that the the value and the service that we provide is actually the bare minimum because we should be able to do better. Yeah. I feel like it, it only is really great in comparison to the medical model way of dealing with pregnancy. Not that it's exceptionally amazing in and of itself. There's so much room for improvement in midwifery care. Yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about insurance a little bit because this is something that is going to hang people up quite a bit. And I and I do get it when they're like, well, but my I could pay zero dollars, right? Like that. that is a very attractive thing. I wish I could pay zero dollars and have a good thing right yeah so everything that we've talked about up until this point is encouraging you to take on the financial (laughs) responsibility yes and looking at it as a worthy cost Mm -hmm. however there are ways to utilize insurance and sometimes that makes a huge difference for people yeah and i don't know necessarily if if the way that we look at birth as a whole is really taking that into account you know no it's not yeah Absolutely not. So you can use and you can use your insurance with midwifery care. Yes. And it kind of depends on your plan, your own deductible things, what is covered in your plan. So sometimes when women will email us before they get pregnant and they're like, okay, I know I want to have a home birth and I have open enrollment right now so I can switch my insurance around. Just tell me which one to get. 
And I'm like, lady, there is no possible way to tell you that. Yeah. And it's not even like one company is better at it than another or even one particular, you know, plan. It really is so individual of what's going on. What is your deductible? What is this particular thing covering? Most often it seems to be the deductible that like there are some people who come to us and are like, actually, it ends up being cheaper to birth with you than it would be in a hospital because of our high deductible situation anyway. So we might as well, you know, like this actually makes a lot of financial sense for us. Yeah. And that kind of just has to get figured out in the moment, I think, like get the plan that is going to be the best for your family situation overall. And then we can just hope that there's some amount of coverage that happens there. For the most part, PPO will get you the the best chance at getting some reimbursement. At least I'm not sure. I can't speak for every midwifery practice out there. Our practice works in a reimbursement situation. So we do have a medical biller, but it is clients pay us. And then the end of care, the biller does her magic with the insurance company for reimbursement purposes. Yes. And then when you first come into care, we send your insurance information off to our biller if you are interested. And she returns a explanation of benefits that says, by and large, this is what your policy says is covered. And that gives us a lot of information for like what we can anticipate. But we don't use insurance to cover our services, which right. is another reason that we tell women you need to be able to take financial responsibility for this. Uh-huh. Also, it is a huge undertaking for midwives even if you use a medical biller there is an incredible amount of administrative work and time and hours that i would not deal with people's insurance if we didn't have a medical biller it is not physically possible for me to spend time working on that with people and especially when people say that they don't want to use our biller that they want to pursue their own reimbursement i'm like that's a mistake (laughs) love you, but I just want to give you the reality of the fact that that's hours of extra. Hours. Yeah. Hours and hours and hours of trying to sort that out. So I can see why a lot of private practices do cash only and Mm -hmm. don't work with women with insurance because it will kill a private practice. Yeah. And I agree with you completely. If we did not utilize a medical biller, I'd be like, all done. That's not an option. Sorry. Yeah. And this is probably its own podcast, but in the insurance business alone is notorious for dictating the way that women receive care. And I do not want to be beholden to that. Yeah. That is why the medical system utilizes insurance so heavily and why they're able to function with it is because they have a close relationship with insurance and what insurance says is and is not covered and what insurance says they will and will not pay for. And that makes the care provider have to bend quite a bit and change the way that care is given in almost every single space. Yeah. And and I think we hear a lot of women and some midwives even being like, I wish I want I'm like working towards getting more information out there to insurance companies about how much money we're saving them by you know, doing it this way and being out of the hospital and isn't this such a better deal for them? Like they should cover it in full. We should be in network, all of those pieces. And just given what you've said, I don't think we're all necessarily looking at the long game there or understanding it fully that 
that would change a lot of things. I'm not sure if that's the answer. Yeah, and I don't have the answer, and it's unfortunate that we're in the situation that we are. But with that being said, overall, it is a worthy thing to kind of sit in your own home and sort out the the balance there, the pros and the cons and the pieces of who you want in charge of some of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I again, I recognize that it is not possible for every single person to take the advice that we're sharing here and just magically make their finances work in order to make a home birth cost possible. I totally get that. But it is actually possible for most. Yes. And hopefully you can take some pieces in your back pocket and just be thinking about thinking about your options. Yeah. I'm glad that we got to share some of those thoughts mm-hmm. here today. I'm going to link in the show notes a blog post that we wrote all about navigating financial things. You guys can read some testimonials from other people who, you know, had the pros and cons of paying for midwifery care. And there's a couple of other considerations for navigating the cost that if you want to dive into this a little bit more, there'll be a resource for that. Yeah. And again, just like we answered a question earlier, there is the ask a question link down there in the show notes as well. So if there's a question about anything we chatted about today or anything else, hop in there and ask a question. Yeah, please do. Until next Monday, ladies. Bye.